If you have your Bibles with you, turn with me to the book of Matthew, chapter 14. Matthew, chapter 14, and verse 22. Bible says this, and it says, Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side, while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was alone there, but the boat was now in the middle of the sea tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost! And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you... Command me to come to you on the water. And so he said, Come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. And when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and he began to sink. He cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when he got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those who were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Let's pray this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Lord, we thank you for your word, which is going to come forth this morning. Lord, help us not only to be hearers, but doers of your word. And in that, we will see the true blessings, the true blessings that come only from you. And Father, we thank you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I entitled this message, That's My Savior. You know, as I was, as I was thinking of a title, you know, this came to my mind, and, and, and my, my my thinking behind it was, you know, kind of like, you know, when my wife sees me preach, you know, she says, that's my man. <laughs> Maybe she's thinking that, I don't know. But that was, that was my mindset, you know, that I was hoping that she'd be thinking that. And, 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 you know, that should be the way we think of our Lord. That's my Savior. We're proud that Jesus Christ is our Savior. Amen? We're proud we have, we have a confident assurance in our Lord that he is my Savior and there is none like him. There is none greater than him. Amen? I mean, you believe that. And in his hands is the best place that I can find myself. So God wants you to know that this morning. Amen? He wants you to have that understanding that, yes, that is my Savior. On Calvary's cross, when he gave his life for you and I, you look at him and say, that's my Savior. That's my Savior. When you look at uh, uh, infirmities in your life, 
when you, when you go through those seasons in your lives, you can, you can look at those seasons and you can say, that's my Savior. My Savior is going to get me through these, these, these seasons in my life, amen? When you look at hardships, when you look at pains that you may go through in life, you can look at Jesus and you can say, that's my Savior, because he's going to get me through it, amen? He has promised me, amen, uh, uh, eternal life with the Father. He has promised me that this won't last forever, that there is joy in the morning, So I'm going to look at three areas here that we find in this story that would give us the understanding that that is my Savior. Number one is that he is quick to hear us. I mean, know that, I mean, know that Jesus hears, amen? Matthew 14, verse 23 a couple of the verses of the portion that we just read. And it says, And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. The wind was, the wind was, was just doing its own thing. Now in the fourth watch of the night... Fourth watch, and you know, b- back in Jesus' times, they would, they would divide these watches uh, by, the, by the nighttime. And so the first watch would be from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m., second, 9 to 12, uh, third, midnight to 3 a.m., the fourth, 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. So between this time, it says, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. Jesus went to them walking on the sea. See, I believe here, the Bible doesn't quite specify in exact wording, but when it says that the disciples were facing some hard, facing a hardship on the sea, the waves, the waves were rough. It says the wind was contrary. It's not, it's not something that they would have liked to be in. I'm sure, I'm sure they were on this boat and they were thinking, we need help. We need help. Is there anyone out there who can save us? We're facing some tough seas out here. We can't get back on our own. And the Bible says, here comes Jesus. You see, David writes this in Psalm 17, 6. He says, I am praying to you because I know that you will answer, O God. And this is what God wants us to have is this this confident assurance in our faith that God is listening to our prayers. That we're not just just spewing hot air. That it is going somewhere. It is heard. That when we cry out to our Father, that He hears our cries. Just like a parent would. And we have to live with that, with that knowing, that understanding, as David writes. He says, I am praying to you because I know that you will answer. I know. 
I have no doubt that you hear me, and I have no doubt that you're going to respond. 1 John 5, chapter, 4, chapter 5, verse 14, says, And we are confident, and we are confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. And since we know he hears us when we make our request, we also know that he will give us what we ask for. Once again, John writes here that with that same confident assurance that he knows that God is listening. So he's saying if we know that God is listening, then we know that he is going to give us exactly what we need. Even Jesus voices the same words in John eleven forty one, And he says, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I thank you that you have heard me. And I know, Jesus says, that you always hear me. This is the same Jesus that died on Calvary's cross. That same Jesus, that, uh, that same Savior that gave his life, that died on the cross, that says, Father, I know you heard me. I thank you for hearing me. And I thank you because you always hear me. See, what does that tell you and I? That tells me that life may get rough. We're going to face some struggles. We're going to find ourselves in circumstances that do not feel comfortable. Oh, but hold your head up high because God hears your prayers. God is, God is listening, amen? When there's no one else there, God is there. And he is giving you everything that you need. You know, God even hears us in our silence. You know, I think of, uh, you know, I, uh, my wife and I have, have two toddlers, you know, two teenagers and then two toddlers. Well, we both understand that if those toddlers are at home and it's quiet, something's going on. They're up to no good. Because that house is never quiet. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. You know, another parent just said amen right now of toddlers. We know Quiet is not good when you have little ones. And so what do we do when there's quiet? We go look for them. We go make sure that everything is okay. See, it's even in those times of silence that we as parents hear our children, right? It's even in those times that they aren't saying anything that it speaks the loudest. What's going on? I want to make sure that they're safe. And that's what we think as parents. That's why we do that. Oh, how much greater does God? God who has given those parents that instinct. Why? Because we were created in his image, the Bible says. That God has given us that natural instinct of protection. 
God has given us that natural instinct, amen, to make sure that everything is okay, that they are well. The same goes for you and I. It's in those times that we are not communicating with God that he says, all right, what's going on here? What's going on in their life? How come, how come they haven't come to me? I want to hear from them. Why haven't you sought me? And what does God do? He seeks us, doesn't he? Doesn't he? Do any of you serve the same God that I serve? Because <laughs> it's in those times that I'm not praying that God seeks me out. He finds me. And he brings me to a place, once again, of me con uh, uh, continuing to seek him and to communicate with him. This is what he does, church. David also writes in Psalm 34, 15, he says, The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their cry. See, in other words, the prayers that are heard are those that come from an individual who has a relationship with God. Yes, when someone cries out to God and they may not know him, yes, God hears them too. But God says it's those, it's those prayers it's the prayers of a, of a righteous man. It's those prayers of, of my child who is, who is honestly seeking me, who understands that they're not perfect, they fail, they stumble, but they're honestly seeking me. They're making a continuous effort to live a life that pleases me. And God says, I bless that. I bless that. James 1.19 says, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. It says, everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Which part does he want us to be quick in? What was that? Listening. He says, be quick to listen. He didn't say be quick to speak. He didn't say be quick to get angry like many of us do. I preach to myself. <laughs> I know I'm looking at you, but I'm just basically looking in a mirror right now. Be slow to do these things, but be quick to listen. What does that tell you? That means that God is quick to listen. Amen? Because isn't the Bible to get us to be more like God? Yes? And if those are God's words, which they are, I believe it, then he is saying, look, I am asking you to be like me, to be slow to speak, slow to anger, but to be quick to listen. And this tells us who God is. God is so quick Amen. God is so quick to listen to you and I. This is who he is. 
See, he is quick to hear us. Secondly, he is quick to comfort us. I love this. Matthew 14, verse 26, our text, it says, And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled. They were troubled, saying, Is it a ghost? And they cried out for fear. Verse 27 says, But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. The Bible says that Jesus was quick to comfort. He was quick to make sure that his disciples were not to continue living in fear. Did you catch that portion of it? He was quick to make sure that their their perspective changed because of who was now with them. And he reassures them that everything is going to be all right. I mean, those words are important at times in our lives. You know, as... As, you know, my wife and I, you know, we go through things together, you know, because we are one. But it's always, it, it's always good to hear from the other, you know, maybe when one is down, the other is up and vice versa. And the, and the, one, the, one, the one who is up says, you know what, it's going to be okay. We're going to get through this. We can do it. We have each other. Let's stand on God's word. Remember what God's word says. I mean, no, it's comforting to hear, isn't it? 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 3, Paul writes and he says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. He says, when they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. For the more we suffer for Christ, the more God will shower us with his comfort through Christ. Even when we are weighed down with troubles, it is for your comfort and salvation. For when we ourselves are comforted, we will certainly comfort you. Then you can patiently endure the same things we suffer. We are confident that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in the comfort God gives us. What amazing words that Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 1. See, one of the reasons why scripture was written for you and I was to comfort us in times of suffering, in times of sickness, in times of sorrow. Romans 15.4 says, For whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that we, through the patience and comfort of the Scriptures, that we might have hope. See, God is our safe place. He is our comfort. 
safety, to comfort means to protect someone, keeping them from getting hurt while surrounded by trouble or danger, to comfort them, to give, to give them peace of mind. I want you to write these things down here. Number one is God draws us close to him. He draws us close to him. He does this through his word, amen. He does this, he does this because of his love. The Bible says when you draw close to him, he draws close to you. But, but, but God, is, God is close to the brokenhearted, amen, the Bible says. Number two, God grieves with us. See, you grieve, you and I grieve because we were created in the image of God. The Bible says that God weeps. We have a God who understands. Isaiah prophesies this in Isaiah 53, verse 3, and he says, he is despised and rejected by men, and talking about Jesus is coming. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. Isaiah prophesies and says, Jesus is going to be a man who understands grief. John 11, verse 33, talking about when Mary and Martha's brother Lazarus died. It says, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. Verse 35 says, Jesus wept. It says, then the Jews said, see how he loved him? The Bible talks about how Jesus grieved for Lazarus. Why? Because he understands, he understands the whole process of grieving. God understands that in our lives. And not only does he see us, but he is grieving with us. See, the more you love, the more you understand grief. But we need to understand, amen, that God understands as well. Thirdly here, God gives us a church family for support. Paul writes in Romans 12, 5, that we are one body. We are one body. And that we should comfort one another. You see, we all fall into one of two categories right now. Either we're the individual who needs comforting, or we're the individual that can comfort someone else. Where do you fall into place this morning? Another one, God uses pain and grief to help us grow. He uses pain and grief to help us grow. You see, God uses pain to get our attention, doesn't he? Doesn't he? You know, think of, think of when you, you know, think of when you tried, um, you tried, you know, going for a run, or maybe you tried racing someone, uh, uh, and, you know, maybe you're like, you're above, 35 years old, I'll say that. You're above 35 years old, and you said, you know what, I wanna I want try racing someone, I'm fast, I was fast in high school, and I'm still fast now, right? And you, you got down there, you know, and you started ready to go for the race, and you took off, and you were like, oh, 
oh, oh, right? You know what that means, right? You just pulled a muscle. That means that you're not in high school anymore. But what did it do? That pain was an indicator that you didn't stretch. That pain was an indicator that you shouldn't have been doing what you were doing. Right? <laughs> Man, look what you did to us. See, but what, what does that do? That gives us that gives us an understanding of what we need to do the next time. Maybe there won't be a next time. <laughs> You're like, you know what, that's the last. But for many of us, it says, you know what, now I know what I need to do the next time I encounter this. And it helps us to grow. It gives us understanding. And that's the same thing that pain and grief does in our lives. It helps us to grow. Paul writes in Romans 8, 28 that it says, and we know that God, calls it, that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. And if we truly believe that, then we can truly believe that God uses pain and grief to help us grow. Also here, God uses our pain to help others. As Paul says in 2 Corinthians, he says, and he comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. What better individual to comfort you in your time of your life and your grief than someone else who has experienced the same thing? See, God uses these things in our lives. He doesn't want them to be wasted. 2 Corinthians 1 verse 4 says, He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them, check this out, the same comfort God has given us. The same thing that God did for you in that time in your life. Now you can give to someone else. Thank you, Jesus. And lastly here, he is quick to save us. Not only is he quick to hear us, and he's quick to comfort us, but he is quick to save us. Matthew 14, 28, our text. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And so he said, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. The Bible says in verse 31, And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the, the wind ceased. Then those who were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. See, he is our rescuer. That's my Savior. That's my Savior. That's my Savior who, who uh, 
allowed Peter to walk on the water with him. That's my savior. When Peter began to sink, Jesus immediately outstretched his hand. That's my savior who brought Jesus, who brought Peter back into the boat, into a place of safety. And that's my savior who also calmed the sea. See, because something interesting took place there. Jesus didn't just take Peter out of a dangerous situation. Jesus removed the dangerous situation altogether. Did you grasp that? Oh, man. Jesus didn't just throw Peter a life jacket and say, if you hold on to this life jacket, you're going to be okay and the waves are crashing, and the waves are smacking Peter, and he's sinking, and he's crying out, Lord, help me, and Jesus says, but you have a life jacket. That's not what Jesus did. Jesus said, waves stop. Oh, man, and they stopped, and they stopped. Why? Because even the, even the waves have to obey our Lord. Oh, man, that's incredible. That should speak volumes into your life. See, we know that Jesus came to this earth to save us from sin. Jesus saved us from the eternal separation from our Father. Him dying for us meant that we are delivered from sin. We are no longer bound by it. We are no longer headed to hell, but we are saved from it. We are saved from it. That is not our destination any longer. We are no longer slaves to sin. No longer. Yes, we sin, but we are not slaves to it. The Bible says God wants us to live like that. We don't make a practice of sinning. Yes, we fall short, but we get back up. But we get back up and we say, God, forgive me, Lord. And help me, Lord God, to do what is right. Help me, Lord God, to live a life that pleases you, Father. Lord, forgive me, Lord God, for falling short. Lord, forgive me, Lord, for stumbling. Forgive me for taking my eyes off of you. Lord, forgive me, forgive me for doubting you, Lord. But help me, Lord God, to get back on my feet and to keep moving forward. That's what children of God do. Can you imagine if Peter said, no, I don't need your help, when he found himself sinking, and Jesus put out his hand, and Peter said, no, I'm good, as he's continuing to sink. I know how to swim. I'm fine. That'd be foolish, right? But sadly, that's exactly what many people do when they reject the help of Jesus Christ. When they reject his hand of salvation, and say, I can do this myself. 
I'm good. I don't need your help right now. It's foolishness. Because we have no idea what Jesus is trying to save us from. See, it is God's will that none would perish. 2 Peter 3.9, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. 1 Timothy 2.4, God wants all people to be saved. See, when you start worrying about your problems, you find yourself like Peter, you start to sink. When you see only the negative things in life, you start to sink. When you start to lose hope, you start to sink. But we need to reach out, amen, to the loving arms of Jesus and allow him, amen, to save you and I and to bring us back into a place of safety. Psalm 116, verse 6. The writer says, I was facing death and he saved me. I was facing death and he saved me. You see, it's only those individuals who, who understand that they were facing death and Christ saved them that can say those words. But little do we know that that's each and every one of us. Each and every one of us here, even if you grew up in church, when Christ saved you, you were facing death, church kid. You were facing death, but he saved you. The writer is saying this, he says, when the Lord saved me, no longer was I facing death. No longer was I in danger. You see, our Lord didn't just save us for a moment. He saved us for eternity. Forever and ever. Isaiah 25 verse 9 says, this is our God. We trusted in him and he saved us. Let us rejoice in the salvation that he brings. That's my Savior. That's my Savior. You need to be proud of that. You need to stand on that. You need to let others know that Jesus Christ, He is my Savior. He is fighting my battles. He is comforting me. He is strengthening me. He is equipping me to do everything that He has called me to do. That's my Savior. That's my Savior. Look at Him. Look at Him in all of His victory. Look at Him in all of His purity. In all of His righteousness. In all of His power. There is none like him. And he is on my side. And he is on my side. And that same spirit that, that raised him from the dead lives in me today. It lives in me today. So no, I'm not going to worry. So no, I'm not going to doubt. 
So no, I'm not going to lose hope, amen? I'm not going to lose faith, amen? I'm not going to be down and out. I'm going to worship my Savior, amen? And let's worship him this morning. Let's worship him this morning as the worship team comes forward this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we give you glory and honor. Hallelujah. Great is your faithfulness, Lord. As every head is bowed, every eye closed.